This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. In five. Check for sound. Four. It's showtime. Three. Let's two, go. One. This is the Pro Audio Suite, a podcast for audio and voiceover professionals. Your hosts, Robert Marshall from Source Elements and Someone in Chicago. Darren Robbo-Robertson from Voodoo Sound, Sydney. From LA, George Whittam, the Tech to the VO stars. And myself, Andrew Peters, voice talent and home studio guy from Melbourne. Now, thanks to Rode Microphones, let's get on with the show. Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite. This week we have a very special guest coming in from Paris. It's Thomas Terrier, who is the creator of Twisted Wave, which I'm sure most of the people listening to this will be quite familiar with, including myself. The first question I've got for you to get the ball rolling, Thomas, is what is your background that led you to create a door? I have studied um, signal processing and computer science and... When I was at the university, I spent most of my time programming in front of my PC. That's when I had the idea to to write a sound editor. When I graduated, I started working at a company where we did uh, 3D graphics, so nothing related to sound. But after about um, about 10 years, I... Uh, I went back to my initial project and completed it and started selling it in 2007. And that's how Twisted Wave was born. Wow. It's just a, it's an unusual thing to do when there's like Pro Tools and Steinberg and, you know, Nuendo. Like there's so many DAWs around. We, what, what market were you targeting Twisted Wave to? I, I had not even heard about Pro Tools at the time. I did not know who my competitors were and... Uh, I wanted to make something that I would uh, like to work on. <laughs> I did not think too much about it. <laughs> That's really interesting. I, I, th- I think the beauty of it is it's uh, simpler than a lot of the Pro Tools and Uendos and whatnot. So for all the people that aren't using so many other features and making rap albums or whatnot, maybe... Uh, fits the bill better. Yes, I know people like very much that it's very easy to use and very easy to get started with. Yeah, that is a huge advantage for the voiceover actors. I mean, this software was brought to my attention uh, by Bo Weaver, and I think it might go back as far as 2007 that he discovered it. And um, he he got in the ear of your, of your, into your ear early on, didn't he? Yes, it's him that told me that uh, voice voice of actors were a huge market. I didn't think too much about it, but uh, it appears to be the case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he saw that this software was fulfilling a niche that wasn't really yeah. being filled very well. You know, there was other simple softwares out there, but none of them were very well designed or well thought out. And, uh, you know, he obviously saw something in this program and so glad that he did because if he hadn't discovered it we wouldn't all be using it today to be honest very unlikely anyway yeah I think for the first time he contacted me he told me he was using SoundForge on PC and he wanted something to use on his Mac and he liked Twisted Wave a lot but there was one or two things missing for him 
it was not very difficult to add. So I did it in the night and the, the day after I sent him an update and he was very happy and told everybody about it. That's all it took. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, being an, you know, wow. having one yeah. big advocate for your product mm -hmm. who's mm -hmm. got a big mouthpiece in his business like Bo is a huge stepping off point. Um, you know, it's great. And to this day, he'll say, and I've talked to him many times, I know Bo well, He says the second you retire, Thomas, is when he will retire. Is that right? <laughs> so, so a lot of people would like you to retire so that that opens up some <laughs> yes. space in the market, right? Yeah, right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But I, what I find interesting is mm. I use um, WaveLab on my PC, which is the main computer in the studio. But when I'm on the road, I actually had WaveLab on my Mac and I just found it really clunky. I just didn't like it at all. And I think it was through... George, I'm not even sure. I'm pretty sure. Well, it must have been George. Um, I heard him talking about Twisted Wave, so I bought Twisted Wave and downloaded onto my uh, laptop. And superficially, um, I just fell in love with the color, and I was sold by the color of the screen. I went, "This is great, red and purple. This is cool." Design is a big deal. It is. Yeah, design is a big deal, especially on for Mac users, because you know one reason that. Not for me particularly, but a lot of people use Mac is because they love the design. They love the way things look and feel. They like the product. So, you know, this, the software feels and looks the way it does because partly because it's designed on a Mac and partly because Thomas has good taste. Uh, maybe I have good taste, but I'm not an artist, so I'm glad you find it looks good. Well, it does look very good, and I like it. <laughs> me too. It's got my favorite colors, purple and red. You can't get better than that. Um, <laughs> now, I know, George, you've been uh, online before we got on to uh, this interview, so uh, and you've grabbed a few questions from... Uh, a few punters on Facebook. Absolutely. Yeah, there's uh, a pretty vibrant user group on Facebook called the Twisted Wave VO user group. Too bad the word VO is in there because really anybody that uses Twisted Wave could use this, but um, it's a great community. But anyway, right before we started taping, I said, hey, anybody want to ask, ask, ask any questions? And sure enough, I got a bunch of them. Um, Paul Stefano, who I know quite well, um, his, two ver his two questions are, Will it run on Windows ever, and will there ever be an Android version? I won't say never, but uh, I can't promise anything, I'm sorry. <laughs> sure, sure. I know there's some major barriers to developing a program to be cross-platform running on Mac and Windows. Is that something you've even considered, or is it so much work that it's just not worth it at this time? It would be more work, and, uh, and I like working on my Mac. <laughs> Sure, exactly. I see a lot of apps that run on, because there's a Mac version and there's an iOS version for people that don't know. Do you see it be an easier road to porting it to Android? Uh, I'm not sure it would be easier. Porting it to iOS was very easy because iOS and macOS are very similar. Uh, They're even making tools now that allow you to develop an app on iOS that can then run on Mac. So th mm. that will be a thing where you just literally make one app and it runs on both. That's going to happen. But most of the code is already shared between the, the Mac and the iOS version. It's, I only had to do the, the user interface. So porting it from one yeah. platform to the other was not a lot of work. That makes sense. You know, I'll, I'll say that, and I'm trying hard to not come off as a fanboy, 
but I'm clearly a fanboy, right? <laughs> um, but I'll say this, like, what I love about the way you develop the software, Thomas, is that you're not um, succumb to what we call feature creep. Mm-hmm. So you're not always adding new bells and whistles, new tools, new functions, new this, new that. The software is functionally almost identical to what it was in 2007. In fact, I have tutorials that I produced, I think, in 2008, and I will still send out the link to people you know, who are getting started for free. I'll just say, these are old, they're free, watch these tutorials, because they still are relevant. Um, and I love that about Twisted Wave. You know, It's almost like Pro Tools is obviously far more complicated, but the version from 10 years ago and the version now are almost the same for the most part. Like You can get around on either one. And uh, I think that's a brilliant way to think about your software design. You know, bravo for doing that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, one reason is uh, because when I want to add a feature, every time I have to think, uh, is it going to make it more difficult or not? Another reason is that uh, I've been very busy with Twisted Wave Online. <laughs> uh, that's why I... Uh, I've not added as many features as I wanted. There are a couple of features that are, that are would be very nice on Twisted Wave. Maybe someday they will come. Can you allude to those features? There are a couple of features I had in mind. Uh, once would be to to draw an envelope to to change the volume of the mm-hmm. of the wave. Uh, sure. And I could also use this same automation, this same envelope to to automate uh, parameters from plugins. Maybe this is useful for musicians. And uh, one thing that is uh, asked very often is to make a Twisted Wave multitrack. Right. That would be, to me, it, it just takes it into a different category altogether. Mm-hmm. To, to me, I, I always explain this to people, and, and, and don't take this wrong, but I say Twisted Wave is not a DAW. It is a two-track editor. And right. Pro Tools and Uendo, those are digital audio workstations in the sense that they have a mixer and they have um, um, a more studio-esque environment to them compared to here's a, um, so to speak, sort of a DAT machine with extra capabilities but not the whole 2-inch 24-track with a mixer kind of thing. Right. I know I throw around the term doll very loosely to describe like really any recording software. But yeah, it's probably a different category for sure. Um, more questions. Uh, here's another one <laughs> from Paul Stefano. I like this one. I'd also like to know your transition plan if you retire or sell the business. <laughs> like, what's going to happen if you go away? What if you've had enough of this? What's going to happen? Did you think about that? Um, I will not retire right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and there is no plan to sell uh, at the moment either. So I can, I think you can uh, rely on Twisted Wave for many years to go. Is it a subscription or is it a buyout or is it both? It's a buyout. So Twisted Wave Online is a subscription, but the iOS and macOS versions are $10 for iOS and $80 for Mac. How do you, how, just, just, you know, sort of software to software company, but how do you find the um, the long term of buyout versus subscription as far as the ability to maintain new versions, make changes, you know, where, where you have the problem where if I make this new change, how many people are going to, 
you know, sort of in a sense make it worthwhile to put all those hours into making a change when possibly a lot of them are just going to keep on running Windows 7 with the old version or something? Actually, I've never uh, sold any upgrade. If you purchased the first version in 2007, you can still use it in 2019. Uh, Maybe it's not very good advice for other developers, but <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Long term, it does make that hard, actually. <laughs> but mm. users love that. Yes. Well, how's yeah. the uptake on the online version that you do sell a subscription to? How how is that going? Uh, it's going pretty well. It's going yeah better and better every year. Mostly because people get a subscription and they forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> if, if that is I, so true. Yeah. If I may ask, is this? Um, I mean, you're a you're a software developer. Yeah. So are you sort of a, a gun for a hire? Do you do you work for other people? Do you work for a company? Do you only work for yourself? No, like, yeah, I only work for myself. But but do you? So do you do consulting on other projects, or mm. does Twisted Wave take all the time? Twisted Wave takes all the time. Mm. Great. Thanks to the update schedule of web browsers and, oh, you know, yes. and Mac OS, yeah, yeah. right? Just trying to keep up with Apple's development schedule alone is probably a full-time job. No, I don't have much trouble with Mac OS updates. But you're um, one of the some one of the, the security few. updates are pretty. Are, yeah, some 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 of the security updates are pretty annoying, actually. <laughs> really try yeah, to get what in kind the way. of issues have you dealt with with uh, preparing your software for Catalina? <laughs> Maybe there was one or two minor bugs. I don't remember. Nothing, nothing dreadful. Actually, with um, I've noticed with uh, Isotope as a plugin, if I use it on um, WaveLab, it ten- it makes WaveLab crash. Um, do you have a similar issue when uh, somebody uses uh, any of the Isotope plugins on on uh, Twisted Wave? Uh, I don't know about Isotope in particular, but some plugins crash and it crashes uh, the host. A couple of years ago, in when uh, Apple released iOS nine, it was possible to uh, publish audio unit extensions on the App Store, and these audio unit extensions now it's also possible to develop audio unit version three on macOS, and uh, what is great about them is that when they crash, they don't crash the host. Most of the crash logs I get for, for Twisted Wave is when uh, an audio unit crashes, and if all the audio units upgrade to audio unit version 3, they won't crash Twisted Wave anymore. When you said Mac OS 9, did you mean 10.9? No, it was iOS 9. I, iOS 9. Oh, iOS, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, and then the following release of uh, Mac OS in, integrated the, the possibility to have audio units free. Well, it's, it's interesting with uh, plugins, though. I use um, a Waves plugin on Twisted Wave just so I can kind of try and emulate what I've got here. And I have no issues whatsoever with Twisted Wave. Um, but I haven't tried Isotope with Twisted Wave, but I do know that Isotope, as I mentioned before, does make um, Steinberg WaveLab crash, which is really annoying. Oh, man, I have tons of clients on Isotope on Twisted Wave. I mean, it's those two are like a match made in heaven. Oh, perfect. I mean, I've got a lot of people using Isotope RX-7 and all the different RXs on Twisted Wave. I've used RX versions since version 3 or 4 and uh, never had... Actually, RX2, I think, is when I first started trying to use it. And yeah, it's been rock solid. Um, the only problems I ever see with Twisted Wave are just either new problems that crop up from uh, you know OS updates or occasional hardware glitching, you know, like dropouts and clicks. 
Thomas, I think it's really interesting because I've more than once I've I've said, hey, I've had I'm having this issue. A client's having this problem, and then you'll say, oh, here's an update, and he'll push an update like sometimes the same day or the next day, and he'll say, try this, and it almost always fixes the problem. I don't even understand how you can do that. It kind of blows my mind. <laughs> well, if I can reproduce the issue, and if it's not too difficult to to fix, I try to do it very fast. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite remarkable. I mm. mean, it really is makes what you guys do or what you do just so unique in that your ability to respond to issues quickly um, is uh, is certainly a big deal. Yeah, the key is reproducing the issue. It's so hard in software. I'm getting this crash, and then you try it out, and it doesn't work. It's like that's the nightmare because now you can't. You know, you have to go back to the person and say. I'm not. I'm not seeing the same problem. So now we have to find out what's unique between your system and my test system to see what is the, right. you know, the cause. And people often don't want to go beyond just emailing in the complaint. <laughs> right. You usually, find, <laughs> there is right, a module right. in, in Twisted Waves that will send the crash logs back to me. So it is very helpful to to see why Twisted Wave crashes, and it helps me a lot to fix the problems. But there's so many variables when you're talking about things like that. It could be some really random thing that you've actually got on your computer. There could be another application buried somewhere that you've even forgotten about. It's, it's sitting in the it's background. It's usually plugins. It's usually plugins or hardware. The audio hardware or some, you know, whatever it might be for us, an AAX or a VST or an AU plugin. But sometimes plugins, you know, clash heads together. And probably actually more often than plugins, it's some strange thing with an audio driver that um, upsets the software. There's another question from uh, the Twisted Wave group, named a guy from a guy named Matt Rawlings. Um, he says, are, are, are there any plans for time compression expansion? Uh, you can already do time compression and expansion with Twisted Wave. Maybe he's talking about the iOS version. I don't know. Uh, you can also <laughs> do it on iOS. And you can also do it in Twisted Wave Online. Okay, it's on Mac and uh, iOS. Oh, well, there you go. It's on all three platforms. Yes. What's the in, in the time stretch module? Actually, there's a separate mode that it runs. So is that like a separate algorithm? ZTX uh, algorithm. Yeah. Yes, it's a. Uh, it used to be called Dirac. It's an algorithm that I have uh, licensed to use with Twisted Wave, and uh, it's supposed to be of much better quality than the time compression algorithm provided by Apple. Yeah, I, I agree for sure. It definitely is better. Of all the feature requests, obviously the ones you're getting that are popular, like multi-track, what is something that made the biggest impression on the users when it came out? I have my ideas, but what's one feature that you added that got the most attention? Well, recently there was a punch-in recording. I know you've asked me for that for uh, many, many years. Yeah. Was that very difficult to implement? No, it was not very difficult. But when I think about a feature, I always think it will be much more difficult that it end up. So I delay it, and uh, when I start working on it, uh, one week later, I'm done, and uh, it was not much after all. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. It's like my daughter cleaning her room. <laughs> right. Don't even go there. The anticipation and the, <laughs> yeah. the anxiety of the idea of cleaning the room is far worse than the actual process. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> here, here, well, is, is the punch-in destructive? I guess it is. You can undo, and, but uh, what do you mean destructive? So so if, if, if you're, you're creating a file mm -hmm. and if you 
punch in in the middle of the file, and then you hit stop, and then you say, oh, I didn't like that. You can undo that. Yes. I assume you, if you do two more moves, can you undo three moves past, or is it Yes, now there cooked? is unlimited undo in Twisted Wave. Okay. When you save the file and reopen, you can't undo anymore. Yeah, there, there, there's no session concept with Twisted Wave. It's it's always writing to a wave file, so to speak. Correct. Uh, it's writing to the wave file when you save the file when you want to to end your session. So that that that's that's also where it breaks from a DAW, where you have a session file and then you have all of its sure. assets. Whereas this, the asset is the end goal, and that's that, and there is no session. Yeah. Right. I, that is definitely a distinct difference, mm-hmm. like an EDL type right. thing. Mm-hmm. Which which brings up a question I actually had. Uh, do, do you have any plans for adding, so, so to speak, playlisting? So you can have uh, multiple files. And related to that, has anybody ever asked you about using Twisted Wave in a CD mastering context? Maybe I had a couple of requests, but not many. Mm-hmm. Regarding undo and redo, uh, in the iOS and Twisted Wave Online, when you close the editor and you come back, you, you still have the undo. It's a difference with the macOS version. Is the online version storing to the cloud? Do you have yes. like cloud storage and you provide storage? Yes, yes. All gotcha. the, the audio is stored on my servers. And when you copy, paste, apply effects, everything is done on the server. When you play audio, it's streaming MP3 to the client. Oh, wow. I always assumed it would be caching it and playing it locally, but it's actually over the, no, it's on not, the server. Because if you lose the internet connection or close your browser or anything, um, all the audio has to be saved somewhere. So it's this, this, this is why Source Connect Now is so devastating if you close your recorder because it's recording into the sandbox. Mm-hmm. And then if you close the browser, poof, your sandbox is gone. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. If you record something with Twisted Wave Online and then close the browser, you will have Twisted Wave will keep all the audio until the moment you were disconnected. So, do you sell space? Do you do you have people that are just you know using terabytes of space on you? Or I have three plans. I have a basic, advanced, and uh, pro plan. Uh, the basic plan allows allows up to ten hours of storage. It's just mono and stereo, correct? Or is there Say surround like five point one or any. You can you can load and work with uh, more channels, but there is not much support for it in Twisted Wave Online yet. You can't select individual channels like you can do in the macOS version. Yeah, on the macOS, you can record as many channels. Can't you record as many channels as you have inputs on Twisted Wave for Mac? Uh, yes, you can. Yeah. So it just makes a giant polywave. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Is there any support for timecode? I think there is one metadata, f- metadata field where I read the time code, but there is no, not much support. You can change the time co- uh, counter. So, like, if you if you are a voice actor and they say, "Hey, will you shave two frames off that read?" You can set the time display from time to sempty. You can and do okay. say twenty nine nine seven. Sempty, and then you'll see the frames, mm. which is super useful for people doing. A Spots. ton of like phone, yeah, they're getting phone patched, you know, and they do the read. They're like, can you shave off two frames? And it's like, what the hell do you mean? Well, if you change that display from time to empty, you can do that. It's really easy. But but if, if there was like an in, like you, you couldn't burn time code, like a timestamp into the wave, wave file, 
If it was yes, know, twisted, being... twisted wave can read this and will show the time starting at the timestamp that is in, in the it metadata. Okay. Yeah, that's really cool. And when you make a marker in twisted wave, that marker is embedded in the metadata of the wave file. So, like if you open that in SoundForge, like another two track editor, it will show up. Where does it use its timecode input from? Is it coming from audio or from MIDI, or how does it get its timecode input? From the metadata, you think there is a metadata field. Uh, oh, so it's something that you put in manually. You say, this is the timestamp I want it to have. Now, when I open the file, there is a metadata field that contains uh, the timestamp. I think it's written by mm-hmm. Pro Tools. Right. Hmm. So that, that that's when you open up an existing WAV file, you yes. see the timestamp, right? Yes. So if someone wanted to use this as a field recorder, there's no way to take running timecode and associate it with a given wave uh, recording file um, from Twisted no. Wave. How close are we to having a stacks-type functionality in the iOS version? Plugin stacks. Even if it's just using the only the native plugins. Yes. Like, you mm-hmm. know, basically presets. Like, I people actually hire me to make presets on the iOS version which really all I'm doing is setting everything, sending them screenshots, saying, here's my, here's my settings, do this. And then, you know, that works reasonably well. But can we please have stats? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to turn into a request session. Yeah, I know, I can't help it. <laughs> I will keep it in mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. No promises. <laughs> That's my only Christmas wish. Okay. <laughs> Especially now I'm an iPhone user, finally. I've been using iPads forever, but uh, I have an iPhone 11, so I'm using more and more features on it, and I would love to be able to do that. That would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Are, are the plugins real-time? Do they burn straight to the file, or do you have to record and then sort of process the plugins? You record, and then, then you process the plugins. Is there is there a possibility of doing just real-time right through the plugins? Mm-hmm. Ooh. I like that. Destructive processing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Um, <laughs> I think Thomas is actually. We're making work I, I, I think for Thomas him. is work, <laughs> doing the code as we speak. I know, yeah, right? In his head, he's going tick, tick, tick. In what? Why would this be useful? Yes. Why would that be useful, Robert? Please tell all of us. Time saving mainly. Sometimes you just have you know something that you're always running through constantly, and so you just mm-hmm. want to uh, record. You know, like like a lot of a lot of music engineers, they have, for instance, their favorite outboard gear, and they always record straight through that. And so they part of their sound is the compression, is the EQ, is the stack that George makes, and so mm-hmm. um, they they really don't have any use for the raw file. They're always delivering, they're always using the processed file. Yeah. Okay. So it just removes a step. Yeah, maybe someday. Yeah, that would be pretty clever. If if I had if they had a preference in the software which is preload this stack mm-hmm. and apply to my recording, you know, with a warning, you know, this is permanent. You know, this is not something you can undo. Mm. But uh, that would be a very clever little addition. You know, this is something that again is the domain of multi-track DAWs, hmm. you know, Reaper and Pro Tools. Um, but um, if the code required to do something like that isn't like a more than a, you know, a few hours or so, it could be a pretty amazing little feature add-on. Yeah, a- actually the domain of Reaper, but not Pro Tools. To do that in Pro Tools, you have to 
I mean, you can, but you got to pass from one you channel can, to the other. You can, but you have to be a hacker. Yeah, you have to really you, know Pro Tools. Yeah, you have to pass it from one from an aux channel to a record channel. Right. Whereas right. Reaper, Reaper will literally record the the output of the channel. Yeah, there's a pre-record effects or a post like, right. channel. Yeah, there's both. Yeah. I, I, it's but, pretty amazing. But, but but it's funny when you compare Twisted Wave to Reaper. Like they're, they're, those are two applications that sit in that very affordable and very powerful right. for what they do realm. And Reaper is the extreme of complexity and power, whereas Twisted Wave is the, is more the extreme of simplicity. And here's what we want it to do. Period. And don't let all the features get in the way. Yeah, because I agree. But I do like that idea of having the. Um, Having the sort of the plug-in at the beginning, so you actually set it as soon as you hit record, it's already processed as the, everything goes down to tape. That would be really handy, I must admit. Do you have an option to go down to tape? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> the tape recorder is a bit heavy, but yes. uh, specifically, yeah. you're dating yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I do love. I mean, one little. I mean, this is an example of what Thomas will do occasionally. Like, if there is a feature that you think of that he can do very easily, like quickly. He's been known to do it, like uh, you know, like Bo, like he said, Bo early on gave him some requests, and recently, you know, there was one thing that I, it's always been this way, and I just dealt with it, but just realized it would make some people's lives a little easier. Which was, after you apply a stack, maybe you don't want to close the stack window, so you might just apply the processing, and then if you hit play, you would hear the processed audio on, and then you'd also hear the stack preview. Right, so you'd hear it basically double processed, which confused people from time to time. So I asked Thomas, hey, can you just make it so after you hit apply, it clicks the bypass button? And he did. Uh, I haven't, I, so I obviously haven't updated because I, I have that issue, I must admit. Right, yeah, the new version 1.22.2. Is that what it is, 22.2? Yeah, the current is 22.2, yes. Yeah, yeah. I need to update. Yeah, that, yeah. that uh, that's in there, and it's it, it's a little thing, like... If you just hit apply and close, who cares, right? It doesn't matter. But if you leave that window open and click apply, it will now bypass. And that's I do a lot of setting up processing for other people and of course audiobook mastering. You're always leaving that window open. And so that's you know, it's just a little thing, but man, does it make a big difference? Maybe doing a lot of files. Yeah, maybe well it's all one continuous file. So when you apply a stack, do you apply it to the whole file or can you apply it to a highlighted section? Yeah, you can apply it to the selection or to the whole file. Mm. And then once the selection's applied, do you have any way of knowing that that section was uh, processed or you just have to remember in your own sort of log in your brain? You have to remember or you can place markers. You press M and you have a marker at the beginning and the end of the selection. Well, here's the only program that I know of where when you make markers, they actually can be used as selection boundaries, which to me is super helpful. I can set an input and an output marker, double-click in between, and that's my selection. Now you can do that in Nobody, Pro Tools. Pro Tools has that function? Okay, good. Sure, that's really yeah. useful. Yeah, you can, you can select between markers. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot of the programs can't do that in that way, and it just... Uh, you know, one thing I do a lot, Thomas, is I'll have people that are dyed in the wool Pro Tools users, mm -hmm. but they're not producers. You know, they're just voice actors. And I'll sit down with them and I'll say, okay, what is it that you do every day on your keyboard? Show me the keyboard shortcuts. And they'll say, well, I hit command bracket to this and zoom in, zoom out. And I'll be like, okay. And then I'll go to Twisted Wave and I'll make the same exact shortcut. And they're blown away. 
that they can replicate the same keyboard shortcuts. It's um, funny. Pro Tools is the is only huge. company that has not had to do that because everyone tries to make Pro Tools shortcuts into Nuendo or into whatever app it is. <laughs> yeah, they're the 800-pound gorilla. Right, yeah. everyone's so trying to conform. Yeah. Conforming to Pro Tools. It, it's funny because uh, you mentioned yeah. Command Bracket, and Command Bracket is like the old, old way of zooming in Pro Tools. There's now a single right. key. But I still right. use, like I've been using Pro Tools for so long, I'm still using all these key commands that like aren't, really remembered by most users anymore. I still but that's the thing. Like it's muscle memory. <laughs> exactly. Like when you're trained on operating something and the foundational way that thing functions changes. It's terrible. Like when when Apple this is one thing I, I don't like about Apple software from Apple is they will just throw the baby out with the bathwater. They will just completely change the interface on something. Do you want to know the one that drove me the most nuts on Apple? was when they made the scroll down, the swipe oh, up, my when God. it used to be the swipe down. <laughs> oh, man. That's the first feature I turn off, natural right. scroll direction. I turn that off immediately. I hate that. I'm still to this day, like, I can't, I can't, like, I have to help other people, so I have to just turn my brain around for other users. But, boy, that's one of those things. Um, Thomas, one last thing. I'm going to make one last wish before we let you go. And this does relate to the Pro Tools users. Something that I've been shown by a few Pro Tools users is the way that they edit very quickly is what they do is they will they'll edit ahead of the playhead. So the playhead's rolling along, but they're looking at, say, the next breath or something else that they want to get rid of. They'll select and delete or select and mute or whatever they're doing while the playhead is playing. Could you possibly add a mode where it just says playhead a selection does not follow or playhead does not follow selection? Would that be hard to do? So you can cut the breath before the playhead reaches the breath? Correct. So when you're the playhead's rolling, when you make a selection, it doesn't jump the playhead to the selection as it normally would. Like I see it being in like the um, audio menu. And you could have a check called playhead follows selection. Yeah, it's it's actually it's actually it, command it's shift backslash in Pro Tools. Shift backslash, okay. Yeah, like it, it would be in the audio menu and there would be a checkbox next to an option called playhead follows selection or something. Or cursor they, follows selection and you could uncheck it. Maybe um, he's he's writing. <laughs> I already had a, a lot. Of, he's writing it down right now, folks. I've had many many feature requests since I started. I launched Twisted with twelve years ago, but I've never heard heard of this one. This is so specific, really. Mm. It's really specific to Pro Tools users, you know. But it's one of those things where I'm trying to get more and more people to ditch Pro Tools because they have so many technical issues and it's so complicated and expensive. And I'm just saying, if you could, if that one feature exists for them, they would they would be all in. But it is a niche thing. Mm -hmm. It's definitely not a big request. I'll give you the killer feature though that's been gone for twenty years probably. Uh, who remembers Sonic Solutions? That's what I learned on in college. Yeah, and do you remember that you could start recording, and then after about three minutes of recording, you could start editing the ongoing recording as it's recording? Oh my God! Yes. That was killer. Yeah, you're right. I'm actually kind of blown away that a program from 20 years ago could even do that. Yeah, because that's basically like, if you think about when you're watching the football game, 
and you see somebody editing and playing back the, uh, you know, the instant replay. Yeah, yeah. They're literally lifting video from a live recording and then editing it on the fly and playing it back. Yep. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, but also just uh, if you're in a context where, because this is used a lot where you have a singular voice person who's doing everything on their own, but for an audio engineer recording somebody, and if it's like a really long-form thing, and you're taking notes, and you're like, oh, God, now i got to go back to all my notes, like breath here, oops, she did two takes there, and you got to roll back and re-remember all that stuff. Whereas instead sure. of taking notes, it's just just do it. Cut that out. Oh, he said it twice. Delete the second one. Delete the first there one. Take out that breath. And it's just all happening while he's two paragraphs ahead of you. All right, Thomas, we're going to interview you again in six months, <laughs> and we want all these new features in there. <laughs> the pressure's on. I will do my best. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got, I, I've, I've got one question for you, because I'm fascinated by uh, the way you work. I had no idea you were in Paris for a start. So my, my question for you is, what is your day? How does your day play out? He wakes up? Yeah. Uh, well, we hope so. Seven in the afternoon. Yeah. Seven in the evening, as developers do, right? I used to have very long days, but uh, when I came back from Canada with two daughters, and now I have a third, it's it, it's take, it takes a lot of time out of my day. I bring my girls to school, and then I go to my office, and and then uh, I come back in the afternoon. So, so you don't work from home? You you have an office? I used to work from home. I took an office about uh, one year ago when I had a third daughter. But now I moved, I have a bigger home and I can work from home again. So uh, I will uh, stop renting my office and work from home. Are you in central Paris out of interest? Uh, yes, yes, southwest in, in the 16th arrondissement of Paris. Oh, a friend of mine lives there. He lives on a, on a boat on the Seine, actually. <laughs> Oh, so it's kind of nice, except in winter, mm, not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question, actually. Who, be, besides um, voiceovers, like who are your next two sort of biggest user groups, your your use cases? Uh, the next two, I don't know, but I have many users. I have uh, journalists, I have musicians, I have, uh, uh, I don't know, anybody can use it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'd imagine the journalists are probably up there. Yes. Mm. Yeah, how about podcasters? Yes, podcasters use it as well. Mm. Like we are right now. Right. At least exactly. I am. Yeah. <laughs> right. Andrew, what will you be editing I'll on? be editing on. <laughs> this sounds like an Uber ad. What are you going to... Uber Eats, what are you going to be eating tonight? Um, I'm going, I will edit on uh, Steinberg, WaveLab. Because ah. that's my... That's I used WaveLab way back in the day. And you will use WaveLab to edit that out of this. <laughs> that's right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But I yeah we can't possibly I, say yeah. <laughs> yeah but I do I use WaveLab on the big computer and then I have Twisted Wave on the on the Mac because my big computer's a PC so mm-hmm. how, how is it licensed by user or is it just machine license or do you, can you move your license around um, how, how does that work it's by user uh, so if you have two machines you can install it on two machines with the same license perfect he's very generous Robert <laughs> clearly. <laughs> Need to introduce you to the ILOC Corporation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Don't go there. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> there is no plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been great. 
Well, um, thank you very much, Thomas, for joining us on the Pro Audio Suite from uh, beautiful Paris. In fact, I should leave you with a a, a quote. There's an interesting quote from uh, Jules Verne, who was seen dining on the uh, Eiffel Tower. And someone asked him, why are you dining at the Eiffel Tower when you hate the Eiffel Tower so much? He said, because it's the only place in Paris where I can't see it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, that's brilliant. Supposedly a true quote from uh, Jules Verne. But anyway, on that note, thank you, Thomas, and enjoy your evening in Paris. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. This show was mixed by Voodoo Sound, edited by Andrew Peters, using Source Connect Now and Rode microphones, with technical support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe and like us. Yeah.